Hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So we're going to sprinkle more than joy today. We're going to come with knowledge. Knowledge is power. And we're going to learn. You're not going to be stuck in a rut because there are solutions. How you say? Our guest, Lori Lewis, she is going to talk about intermittent fasting as she is an intermittent fasting coach and author. If you're not familiar with it, we're going to learn all about it. If you are familiar, we're going to get some more tips and how to really do it well. And then I'm also going to say, and usually I would say, oh, women of a certain age, but you know what? People of a certain age, when your body hormonally slows down in whatever production it is, things happen. And through no fault of our own, it's just part of what the body is going through. And then along comes this wonderful, I don't know, extra weight. Who wants that? Then we're going to just like go down that little rabbit hole of God, I feel like shit. I look like shit. What the hell is my problem? So there are solutions and it doesn't have to be like that. With that, I say welcome, Lori, and thank you so much for being here. Hi, Stephanie. When you say intermittent fasting, I just imagine people out there thinking, well, that sounds like a really hard diet. That sounds awful. (laughs) No. And we didn't even say the D word. The D word's not even there. I know. Yes, that's right. And I am here for liberation and joy. And how on earth could eating in an eating window as the foundation for two parts to every day, the not eating part, the fasting part, and the eating part, how could that make every aspect of my life better? That's what I'm talking about. It's really so interesting. And like I say, for those who might be familiar with it, great, but so many aren't. So I always start with, tell us about you anywhere you want to start. Well, there I was at 54 years old. I'm 54, standing in my mom's kitchen in sunny Colorado, doing the dishes at the first days of a long visit with her. And she said, let's use this time that you're home to turn the weight around. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) now knowing my mom, that was very loving, but my daughter ears 
freaked out. I turned into a four-year-old stomping toddler wailing. So I said, I've been struggling with this for nearly five years. What do you think? I can just snap my fingers and turn it around. And I know menopause wasn't hard for you, but it was brutal for me. You know, my perimenopause for me started at about 44. And then I really struggled. If you look at a checklist of all the things that a woman can experience in perimenopause, I ticked all the boxes. So I couldn't wait for that to be over. And then my period stopped at 49, which is early. The average is about 51, 52. And I suddenly gained 50 pounds, which was super not fun. But the other thing was that I was in pain head to toe, brain fog, memory loss. I just felt like I'd been taken over by an alien and I was out of control. There was nothing I could do about it. And you spoke to that a bit in your introduction. It's just like, wow, what is happening here? I thought I was going to be someone who would air quotes, you know, age gracefully. You know, it's like, I'm not going to be one of those people who suddenly has a tummy or complaining about my aches and pains. It's like, suddenly here we are. (laughs) And if there are listeners out there in their early 40s, it's not a scare tactic, but it's like, gosh, wouldn't it be amazing We looked at this time of transition in our late 40s and early 50s as an opportunity to start taking really good care of ourselves, which is very different. So for me, the way I live my life is with this question of I'm a person who takes really good care of myself. And what can I do to make myself feel really good right now? The right now is so important. But if there I was in my mom's kitchen, stomping and wailing, and she listened so beautifully and she said, Let's pray for an answer. I mean, thank you. you know. <laughs> and so I went upstairs and tucked in for the night and went onto my phone like we all know we're not supposed to do, but we do. And I Googled probably for the umpteenth time, hormonal, stubborn, hormonal, fat, menopause, help me. And Stephanie, the most surprising thing was I've been studying nutrition for over 20 years as a personal hobby, like a real interest. I even got my certification for a year at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So I really love studying how to take good care of yourself. Well, I had never heard of intermittent fasting. So this was over five years ago. And the up popped this term I'd never heard before. I stayed up all night reading about it, trying to figure out like, how do you do that? Is that healthy? What happens to your body? What's the best way? And so the next morning I said to my mom, thank you. I think I found something that I'm going to try. And if I'm cranky or moody or don't feel well, I'll stop. But she asked, you know, what do you do? And I explained it to her that I'll skip breakfast. I'll drink plain water. I'll drink black coffee. And then I'll push my eating till later and I'll try and aim for noon. And she was like, that makes perfect sense. How may I support you? So I said, well, I guess, you know, I won't be eating breakfast with you. (laughs) That's how I'll start. And so I started that very same day. I've never missed a day in over five years because one of the amazing things is your eating window is flexible. So whether I'm going to an occasion or traveling or on vacation or dealing with stress in life, I'm just conscious that every day I have an eating window and when's it going to be? 
And then when I'm not in my eating window, I'm what we call fasting clean. So there's fasting and there's eating and people try and, well, what are all the things that are allowed while I'm fasting? No, people, fasting is fasting. Eating is eating. (laughs) Flavored drinks, a splash of this, a splash of that all count as nutrients and flavors and have all the flavor party in your eating window. Stephanie, the most amazing thing was, you know, I eventually did lose the 50 pounds in about 15 months, which is a nice methodical pace. But within three days, I felt like myself again. I remember exactly where I was standing, where I had the thought, I felt clear, I felt bright, I felt focused, I felt balanced. And I was like, oh, there I am. It's like, whoa. Hello, friend. There you are. Hello. And so three days. Isn't that amazing? Okay. So let's start at the beginning for those who are just hearing this word for the first time. And the word fasting, you explained an eating window, or as my friends call it, is a grazing time. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Whatever you call it, make it fun. And it's so much of, I'll say, the semantics and the words go against everything. Your, I'll say your foundation, things you've been brought up. This is what we do. This is so basic. You know, you eat three meals a day at this set time, and then you eat this type of food for breakfast, that type of food, you know, that type thing. So what is intermittent fasting, you explain that there's a window and you start your eating later. And that is all for what is it doing to your body? Great. Okay. So I hear a couple questions in there and I want to start with what is it? Just as I promised, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And help me sort it out. If I forgot one, remind me. Okay. What is it? You don't have to push your eating to later if you're someone who's like, I love waking up in the morning and having breakfast. Great. Have breakfast and lunch. And but some people are like, yeah, but I like having dinner with my family. So what you want to do is you want to look at your health and weight goals, your physiology, your work, your commute, your fitness, like all the aspects, your social life. When we're recording this, it's summer. People are wanting to stay up and enjoy the late sunset with friends. And okay, so you look at all those variables and you realize that there are two parts to every day the fasting part and the eating part. And you get to say when the eating part is fasting. Yes, that sounds like deprivation and it sounds, ooh, scary and hard. So intermittent fasting really started from research with rats. <laughs> Our animals. So intermittent fasting really meant an eating day and a fasting day and an eating day and a fasting day. And what we're talking about is mostly an eating window approach, which would be each day you have an eating window. And clinically, that's called time restricted eating. Well, that's not even more flowery or fun either, right? So either you get the <laughs> you get the fasting or you get the very time restricted restricted eating. And if you're an animal, it's time-restricted feeding. (laughs) Okay. So now we get to call it whatever we want, a digestive rest, what have you. But why on earth would we do that? There's so many reasons. Historically, evolutionarily, human beings have survived as a species by not having food. We get stronger, brighter, clearer, faster 
when we're in a fasted state. Now, we don't believe that because we in our generation and younger have been eating all the time. Depending on how old you are, great, great grandparents remember the depression and in the late 20s and early 30s. And that's the time in human history when humans lived the longest. We had the greatest longevity when there was no food. And then all the way back, so this construct of breakfast is the most important meal of the day was a marketing effort by Kellogg. It's not real. And then think even back a hundred years, much less a thousand and beyond. We might not want to live like human beings did a hundred, two hundred, a thousand years ago, because we love our modern conveniences, but having food available all the time is making us sick. And having food available all the time to deal with stress and emotions, whether the emotion is joy or sadness, loneliness, pain, avoiding something, giving ourselves reward, giving ourselves a break, emotional eating. You know, people are funny. They're like, I'm an emotional eater. Find me a person who isn't, you know, (laughs) and out of obligation, someone hands you a muffin and you put it in your mouth. So I would love people to stop for a second and go, wait, I'm actually not hungry right now. I eat when I'm hungry. One of the things that intermittent fasters figure out within the first few months is what's the difference between a stomach growl or a thought of food or a, "Mm, that looks yummy and actual hunger. (laughs) There are so many aspects of the healing that happen when we're in a fasted state. So if you know that you're eating later and you know the yummy food that you're eating and you're looking forward to it, this isn't about deprivation at all. You can rest assured that when you're in a fasted state and you're fasting clean, plain water, plain black coffee, plain black or green tea with no added ingredients, then you're burning your own body fat for fuel You're keeping insulin low, which helps ward off other diseases. You're keeping inflammation low. You're boosting your immunity and you're taking advantage of this amazing phenomenon called autophagy, which is the deep cellular repair, which even cleans out cancer cells. So when we're in a fasted state, again, I would say we get brighter, stronger, clearer, more more focused, quicker, more productive, more alert, and we are in repair mode. And when we're eating, we're in growth mode. And the other thing about when we're in a fasted state is that the human growth hormone, HGH, the anti-aging hormone really ramps up. And if you happen to be a person who works out and exercises, even if you just walk in a fasted state, you're moving that along more quickly. So it's really good to move your body and exercise when you're in a fasted state. So with these windows, how long, and is it equal parts? I know that there are a lot of different, now let me try to do the math in 24 fractions. There are, you know, is it 16 and eight? Is it 12 and 12? What's a good way to start just to try it, just to be like, I don't even know if I can do it. Well, there is a lot of research to show that if you take that 24-hour day and you divide it in two, 12 and 12, if you clean fast for 12 to 13 hours, which can be called like a circadian rhythm fast, 
you have increased the likelihood of living longer. Now, a lot of people are like, well, that's no big deal. Just look at it this way. Decide today what time you're going to close your eating window and that you're going to drink plain water after that. So let's say it's 8 p.m. in summer, you know, or nine or 10 or six. It's up to you or four. Who cares? Pick a time. Whatever time that is, you add 12 hours. Now you're asleep for seven or eight of it, I hope. Then you've just got a few hours on the front side and a few hours on the back side, and you've got your 12. For some people, that's really easy. For many people, a lot of people drink flavored drinks and eat right up until they go to bed and the minute their eyes open in the morning. So many people aren't even fasting for six, seven, or eight hours. So to get to that 12 hours for some people could really take some effort. Okay. So get to that 12 hours. And then some people are rip off the bandaid types. They're like, oh no, stop with this slow snail pace. Just tell me what to do. Okay. So if you want to fast, if you want to go for it, go till noon. Okay. Fast, clean, black coffee, plain unflavored water. If you don't like coffee, drink plain water, drink a black tea or a green tea with no added stuff in it. And then at noon or whenever you open your eating window, whether it's 8 a.m. or 10 or noon, eat normally. This is not a diet. This is not time to, you know, air quotes to start eating healthy. Now, if you have a hunch that maybe there are some things that aren't serving your body and you want to shift your food right off the bat, great. But the number one step right now is training your body going through that adaptation phase. Focus on one thing at a time. Learn to fast clean, learn to eat in an eating window, learn to push your eating a little later, a little later, a little later. Okay. So when I say eating, I mean, eating and supplements, which are nutrients in the intake of nutrients and flavors, flavored drinks, supplements, push it all into your eating window because we want the body to be in a full rest and repair mode. Okay. So to answer your question specifically, how do I know? Uh, 19, 5, 22, 2, 12 and 12, 13, 11, you know, whatever. Start with that 12, 12. Within a week to two weeks, move to the 16, 8, which would be having waiting until noon and keeping your eating window open until eight. Settle in there for a while. Now, some people are like, nah, that's not enough. I want to shrink it. You know, if people have some really important and serious and perhaps even dire health diagnoses and weight issues move more quickly. But the thing is, we want this to be sustainable. I don't want you to do it for two weeks and barely get through the adaptation phase and be like, it's not working. It's too hard. Remember, this has integrity. Like it matches the design of our human body. We're not going against our body. We're actually doing the thing I liken it to sleep. Wouldn't it be weird, Stephanie, if I called you and I said, Stephanie, I'm doing this thing. It's supposed to be awesome. Okay, do it with me. If it doesn't work, we don't have to do it anymore. But um, at a certain time, when it gets dark out, you go into your room and lie down, turn the lights out, close your eyes. And like seven or eight hours later, you sit up, open your eyes or open your eyes, sit up. And it's called sleep. It's supposed to be like really refreshing. If we don't like it, we don't have to do it anymore, but I'm going to try it out. That's absurd. Sleep is not a thing to try to see if it works. It's imperative. So is fasting. We just didn't know because we're in these modern times of an abundance of food, constant marketing, 
and food that's designed to keep us addicted. Coming back for more. It's kind of a joke. Like I can't just have one of those. Well, that's manufactured on purpose. So, you know, you can't eat a whole bushel of apples or broccoli or pork chops, right? But we can sure eat a lot of smart food. (laughs) That we can. can. (laughs) That Mm -hmm. we can. So I'm not even talking about food choices right now. I'm just talking about how do you discover for yourself? And Dr. Jason Fung, who wrote this amazing book called The Obesity Code in 2016, I started intermittent fasting in 2017. He has a clinic in Toronto and he starts his patients on a 36-12, most patients on day one, which would be a long like an all fasting day, you like you close your eating window on Sunday night, you fast all day Monday, and you eat all, pretty much all day Tuesday. So 36, 12, 36, 12. That's called alternate day fasting. It's proven to be incredibly healing. Some people actually love that way as a way of life. They have an up day and a down day and an up day and a down day. They love that. Most people prefer an eating window and find that it's a really great way to live. And like I said, I lost the excess menopausal stubborn hormonal fat and I'm 59 and, and you look great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I was tested recently that my cellular health, mitochondrial health, my biological age is 40. And the doctor knew by looking at all my health markers and the data that came in, she looked at me and she said, you're an intermittent faster, right? Because <laughs> I was just burning fat and the health of my cells is really strong. And that is because I eat in an eating window. <laughs> so the kind of food you eat, because again, this is not diet. This is something to learn and incorporate literally as a lifestyle, this is how I eat. This is when I eat. Oh, but if I know I have a late event that day and, you know, let me plan for that, then I'll start my day later so that my window still is consistent because I'm going to be out at a place and I know I'll probably have something to eat at nine o'clock that night or whatever that one off might be. So with the eating, and as you said, to eat normally. Let's just talk about, because we touched on how everything is marketed to us and the abundance of such. Food today, it's so misleading, obviously, you know, low fat, probably designed to keep you fat or filled with crap. Yeah. You take the fat out, they have to put something else in to make it taste good. And there can be probably simple changes. I'm not a soda drinker, but when you have someone that maybe is used to a high intake of sugary choices, do they still, I want to say, see the same types of results staying in a window or would one or two slight food choices serve them better? Here's What I have discovered worked for me and has worked for thousands of people that I've coached. I learned from Dr. Bert Herring, who wrote a book called The Fast Five. And he also wrote a really wonderful book called AC, The Power of Appetite Correction. The Fast Five is his first book. So he discovered for himself, he's a metabolism expert from the NIH. He discovered for himself as he was aging and putting on a little excess pudge 
that if he ate in a five hour eating window, fasted for 19 hours, eight in a five hour eating window that he and his wife, who's also an MD, just felt so much better. What a great way to live. What a great way to age. And then naturally what happens, because we are like a wild animal, we have an apostat in our brain, an appetite center that regulates our hunger and satiety hormones. It's not working right now. It's not working because we eat all the time and it's not working because we eat ultra processed food. We are actually designed like a lion, like a wild, like a raccoon, like a wild animal who knows when to eat, how much to eat, what to eat. So when you start fasting clean and eating in an eating window, that apostat starts to balance and repair. And so over time, if you start eating, as I saying, normally, whatever's normal for you, you will start getting messages from your own brain, from your own body saying, mm, I'm not interested in that anymore. It's kind of a soft communication like, yeah, that doesn't interest me. That doesn't sound good. Please don't eat any more of that. It's a heightened discernment of the foods, fuel, nutrients that your body wants and does not want. Now, the more ultra processed food a person eats, the muddier that discernment is. More confusion. Right. So I will use one person comes to mind who I've worked with and I'm mentoring actually, because she's a intermittent fasting coach now also. So she was morbidly obese her whole life. She never from seven or eight years old was ever in what she calls her term. I don't use this term, a right size body, like where she felt healthful and mobile and right. Always dieting. So always, always, she even had the weight loss surgery, which worked for a moment. And then the weight came right back on. Okay. So she ate normally. One of the things that was so wonderful when she started intermittent fasting was she didn't have to change what she ate. Now, three years later, her body is getting very good at informing her, like informing her what foods it wants and what it doesn't want. And what it doesn't want are foods that make you gassy, grumpy, moody, fatigued, achy, ravenous. Like there are foods that set us off that make our mind a little crazy. Like we can't stop thinking about it. Okay. So over time, we're able to cut out foods that don't serve us, but that's not dieting or constraint or deprivation. That's a, like a rejuvenation. That's like a communion with your body. Now, there may be some people out there who are like, I don't have any weight to lose. My body fat is normal. My weight is normal. I fit in my clothes. I feel strong and flexible. Well, awesome. And people live longer who push their eating into an eating window. So it's been proven also that when you become fat adapted, you're burning your own body fat for fuel will never run out. You know, I'm at my ideal weight and I've got 25% body fat. So a whole quarter of myself is fuel <laughs> to burn. And that fat is turning into what they call ketones, which then fuel our brain. And one aspect of Alzheimer's, which they're now calling type three diabetes, is that the brain is just fueling on way too much glucose. And so if we can get the brain to be fueling every day on this nice, clean ketone energy, and you don't have to eat the keto diet 
You don't have to eat high fat, moderate protein, low carbohydrates. You can fast clean every day, eat in an eating window, and then discover for yourself the foods that make you feel amazing. So some people go all the way carnivore. Some people are like, I feel so much better on all animal products. Other people are swing the exact 180 opposite. They're like, I'm fueling my best on plant-based. Some people are a combo. Some people never eat sugar and sweeteners again. Some people are like, you know, half my food is crackers and chips and what, what. everybody's different. <laughs> But the desire, the intention is what is going to make you sleep well, have great digestion, feel bright and sharp and focused, feel stamina, feel good energy, be able to get down on the floor and jump right back up, like just feeling great all the time. And so that's why I say starting with fasting as the foundation elevates, uplifts all those other aspects of your life that you care about. So I could go hours without eating, which is then a bad thing because then again, very poor choices because then I become a land shark and be like, well, this bag of chips really land sharking and because you get to the hangry or gosh, it's four o'clock. Let me eat all of this and more. So when I discovered it, the mindset that I went through was, okay, I was never a breakfast eater. And whenever I did a weight loss plan that required me to eat in the morning, it was hard, not hungry, just didn't want it. That part was good. But then like, I know the first few days where I'm looking at the clock, like, okay, is it my feeding window? Can I eat now? Yep. Now I can eat very conscious of it. And then before the week was out, it was easy. And I'm not a nighttime eater usually, but I'd be a liar if I said, you know, I wouldn't have ice cream or popcorn or something watching TV, but it's really just, uh, oh yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And we did a 36 hour fast. The numbers themselves are daunting in the beginning and their mind is just like, Oh, that's a long time, huh? But we, you know, we built up to do an 18 hour, then do a 24 and then, okay, in three days we're going for it. And I was just like, all right, let's just see what's the worst. I eat something. It's let's see how far I can get. And I did 36 hours. Amazing. You just said so many good things in there. So when you said land shark, eating all the things fasting too long, here's what people can expect. This is a big shift in habit and it's a shift for the body. The body knows how to do it. It's just never done, probably never done it. Now, everybody can think of times when you had a deadline or you had a super busy day and truly all of a sudden it's the end of the day and you're like, my goodness, I haven't eaten. I haven't been hungry. I've been so productive. Whoa, now I'm hungry. <laughs> Okay. So recognize that in the beginning, the body is adapting. It's shifting physiologically that takes time and mentally, as you said. So in the beginning, what you can expect is about a month of your body learning to shift fuel sources. The body uses the food you last ate, the glucose in your blood. It then shifts. It demands food at that point. Okay. So 
<laughs> this is when people are like, my body tells me when to eat. It's like, yeah, but that's happening at the points that it's shifting fuel sources. So then it shifts to using the stored glucose called glycogen, mostly in the liver. If you think of the liver as a kind of a bathtub with a spigot on the top, the sugar coming in and a drain at the bottom going out, utilized as fuel over the first, I don't know, two, three, four weeks, depending on how long you're fasting and what you're eating, that glycogen tank in the liver, that tub is draining, 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 draining. After about two, three, four weeks, it gets to the end. And that's when the body shifts into fat burning. Now, if you're fast, if you're an intermittent faster and you're fasting clean every day, it does that every day, very naturally, very quickly. But when you're in the adaptation phase, it takes a few weeks to drain it. This is why when people are like, oh, I intermittent fasted for two weeks. It was so hard. It's like, of course it was. Like I said, I felt better in three days, but we've got to acknowledge this adaptation phase where you're dealing with your mind. You're dealing with the minute your window opens, you're standing at the fridge, eating all the things. It's an adjustment. Okay. <laughs> Another thing people say is, is this something you should do every day? Yes, because you get through that adjustment phase and you feel amazing. So get through that. Then when the glycogen stores in the liver are depleted, your body then shifts over to fat burning and you become fat adapted. So that flow, the food you last ate and the glucose and the glycogen in your liver, it doesn't fill all the way back up every day. If you're a daily intermittent faster, it's just a little storage. And then you shift into fat burning. Okay. So when you open your eating window, be thinking about the food that you're looking forward to eating, put it on a plate, sit down, take a load off, appreciate the food, appreciate yourself, give yourself a little rest. You deserve it and slowly enjoy your food. Okay. So it is common in the beginning for people to say, I stood at the counter and shoved in all the things, but slow down. And even without me saying that to you, which is totally obvious, people come to that realization themselves. They kind of laugh and they're like, oh my gosh, in the beginning, you know, now you also implied that maybe that happened because you fasted too long. Okay. This is where setting an alarm. And, but if the alarm goes off at noon or one, it's like, yay, eating window open time to eat. If you're not hungry, wait a little. Don't go out and run errands and then suddenly in an hour be like, oh my gosh, I'm out of the house and I haven't opened my eating window and I have nothing to eat. Okay, so plan a little, take really good care of yourself. And uh, what I've found now, people are like, what do I open my eating window with? What I've found is it can be very satiating and grounding to open the eating window with a little fat and a little protein, like a little tuna and mayo or a hard boiled egg or half an avocado or a little fat, a little protein. And you can think about what yummy meal you're going to make next. Okay. So slow down. The mindset is around knowing what's happening in your body, doing a little planning, getting excited about the food you'll be eating later, but not like ravenous. <laughs> and then I love that you said that you're not really a nighttime eater. Some people really struggle with that. And one of the most exciting surprises for people is that they eat well to satiety. They close their eating window at the time they said they would. They drink plain water and those cravings disappear, which is really wonderful. The other thing that you said, you said the word let's. 
a lot. So it sounds to me like you had a buddy or a friend or a spouse or, you know, a person in your life who you were doing it with, which is really wonderful to have someone who's supportive in a supportive environment. And you also said kind of in the spirit of discovery and curiosity, you said, let's see if someone is like, oh, I have to, or I should, or other people did it. And I guess I have to, because fasting better is no, it's not the fasting Olympics. Just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean you have to. So if you have the spirit of discovery and curiosity, awesome. What's the worst that can happen? You eat it 20 hours. That sounds amazing. You just spent all this time in repair. It's fabulous. You didn't fail at all. So if the context is taking really good care of yourself, you're going to hydrate well, you're going to go to bed early, you're going to eat yummy food that makes you feel well, you're going to move your body, take a walk after dinner, you know, and fast clean and fast as long as is comfortable and know that as Jen Stevens says, Jen wrote an amazing book called Delay, Don't Deny, and then followed that up with a New York Times bestseller called Fast, Feast, Repeat. She says, hunger is not an emergency. When there's your stomach growls, it's just a nice little alert system, and you can tell your body what you'll be eating and when you'll be eating later. <laughs> what I'm loving is many things. First is intention but self-intention, like we don't take, you said time just to sit instead of stand, just to plate the food instead of perhaps eating it from the container, just to these simple little steps to treat ourselves like we would perhaps serve a guest. It's almost like we need to be our own guest when it comes to that, because when you're eating and doing something else, this is unconscious. I know I'm guilty of, I ate the whole bag of chips. Like I could have sworn there At were the a few computer, more. In the car, watching something. Yeah. It's not the connection of let me eat, let me fuel savoring my body, savoring. And even as you said, in the fasting part, because fast or oh, I can't eat until, again, those little words are versus my body's in repair mode. I'm a badass and here we go. I love that visual that, hell, I, I may go 24, you know, because I'm like, no, nope, I'm repairing. I can wait and let me keep busy, yeah. If you want to go longer, if you're like, I'm not, I'm feeling jamming right now, then you really do want to know what you're going to be eating when your body informs you. Yeah, it really is time now to open your eating window and break your fast. You want to be prepared. And I just love the enthusiasm. I'm listening keenly to the words you use. And you said, I'm in repair. I'm a badass. Okay, so that, Stephanie, that's your mantra. See, everybody says something to themselves that gets them enlivened and motivated. That's not pushing hard. It's like going to a Pilates class or a yoga class or, you know, whatever it is that you enjoy. And it's hard, but it's not, you're not breaking any part of your body. You're like, it takes some sweat. It takes some effort. It takes some focus. It takes some talking yourself through it for a sec, but you're not hurting yourself. You're not pushing hard. It's not because of a should, or I just say, it's not a hard push. It's like a bold stretch. <laughs> And I love that you said, I'm in repair. I'm a badass. 
And that's what I hear because it, it's so much of the, you can get caught up in dieting and the depth. Oh no, you can't have that. I'm not allowed. I'm allowed to, oh, that word is just visceral. I'm allowed. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? We say we're being good. It's like, no, 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 no. This is not about being good. This is about feeling good. So if you go out and you're waiting to open your eating window and then you look at the menu and you're drawn to order something that people would say would be healthy, but your body's like, "Mm, that sounds yummy. And then someone turns to you and says, oh, you're being good. It's like, no, the thing about intermittent fasting is we get this clarity of what our body wants us to eat. And it isn't about being good. It's about feeling good. So all my choices are what's going to have me feel amazing right now. That is the motivating factor. And as, as a person, especially a woman who's gone through a big hormonal shift, (laughs) we have the rest of our lives to focus on taking really good care of ourselves. And we use this word treat. Like, I love how you were saying, just taking really good care of ourselves and putting food on a plate and breathing and savoring it. That's the treat of food that makes us not feel well. That's kind of sweet and whatever, you know, fill in the blanks. It's your, the treat for you. That might not actually be a treat if it makes you feel awful, achy, puffy, ravenous, moody, restless, leg at night, bad digestion, you know, constipation. No, stop thinking of that stuff as a treat. So it's fasting that brings us that awareness and awakeness and creates an environment of kind of like a fertile soil for taking good care of ourselves. So during the eating window, depending upon most people's schedule, they may perhaps the the slight majority will start later in the day foregoing the quote unquote breakfast allotted time of day that we choose to eat breakfast. So does it matter? Because I was always a big proponent. I love like breakfast for dinner, flip it up a little. It doesn't matter what types of food you eat throughout your window, question mark. Each person discovers. Okay. So the word breakfast is break fast. So whenever you break your fast, that's your breakfast, but whatever foods you choose is this discovery of what has you feel well. So I, in my coaching, I put food into four categories. So I kind of give everybody this assignment that as you realize these categories, just jot them down. Okay. So foods fitting into them. The first category is your trigger foods. Now everybody has trigger foods. Like I can't stop eating smart food or Reese's peanut butter cups, right? Like once I have a bite of that, it's just like, but some people really have, and we're all on a spectrum, somewhere on the spectrum, a situation where if they eat any sugar or any sweetness at all, it's just got their it's claws into them that it's on their mind. They can't, I mean, it's just a binging situation. And for some people, some foods really are genuinely triggering. Okay. So a trigger could be you start and you can't stop, but a trigger could be down a very bad slippery slope. Like you keep driving through drive-thrus and getting more and more and more. Okay. So trigger foods. The next category is foods that really don't make you feel well. Now, most people are not tuned into this at all. Some people know gluten and dairy, but most people are like, I have no idea. Like, I guess I just feel like crap all the time. So I don't know what makes me feel worse than something else. And they don't even assume 
that it's their food that's making them feel so awful. So again, when you fast clean and eat in an eating window and your body is burning your own body, body fat, you're getting plenty of fuel. The body knows there's, I'm burning fuel, good energy. And then you eat in the eating window. There's this dance between getting the actual nutrients and fuel you need through your food as well as the body fat. And so the body is more discerning. It's like, no, give me the nutrients that I need. Stop feeding me that stuff that makes me feel awful. And so you'll start to notice the foods that you eat and suddenly your belly puffs up or your toes puff up or your elbows get, your hands get achy. Okay, so the foods that make you not feel well, that's column two. Column three is the foods that you grab and go when you're exhausted and rushed and bored. And like just the, I've got nothing to eat. Bye, I'm in a hurry. What do you grab? The grab and go foods or the end of the day, you do not have one ounce of energy left to make any food. What do you eat? Okay. Those are grab and go exhausted foods. And then the fourth column are the foods you love that love you back. So everybody can think about a meal that you are so excited to eat. You know, for most people, it's like, a yummy mixed greens with lots of veggies and maybe some nuts and yummy dressing and a, some veggies and some oh lemon crusted salmon. You know, I mean, it's just like, you know what meal you're like, wow, that is delicious. And maybe you don't have it very often. And when you eat that, you feel so satisfied. Those are the foods to add to your foods. I love that love me back column. And we want to decrease the first three columns and keep adding to the love column (laughs) until you're at the point where you and your body are working. Isn't it funny to think you and your body is like your consciousness, whatever you is and your body are working in harmony together. And that takes time because we have been dunked in, immersed in this deprivation, punishment, this punitive being good I'm not allowed looking outside ourselves for what we are allowed and not allowed to eat. And your body's in the driver's seat and we just haven't heard it until now. So it's time to get, this is not a diet. It's a quiet. Mm. And also, as I heard you say, it's really a reconnection to your body. If we start to really get in tune and listen and be like, well, that cheese didn't serve me well. Eventually, you do gravitate to the foods that love you back. And it can happen quickly. I recently did a five-day cleanse. I started 2022 in a funk. Wasn't fast. I can tell you all the things I wasn't doing, how it didn't serve me, and then couldn't figure out why I was where I was. Although every day when I looked in the mirror, I'm like, what's happening here? It, it, like I checked everybody. I decided not to exercise anymore. I wasn't paying attention. Right. Even if you didn't have a mirror or a scale, you knew. Right. So take the mirror and the scale out of the equation. And it's like, ugh, ugh. Every day, I'm a great sleeper. My sleep was being interrupted. I would wake up. I'm like, what's happening here? I don't understand this because... I have no problem sleeping and now I'm tired and add that to my list of complaints. And finally, 
I did this five day cleanse. I'm like, you know what? Let's jumpstart. I know what works for me. And the five day cleanse started with, you could have either one cup of coffee or two cups of decaf. So I said, okay, I usually drink coffee. I usually drink like two cups, maybe something in the afternoon. Okay. I'm going to do the decaf. And I read that I read everybody's advice. Uh, they have a Facebook group and they're like, oh yeah, but the caffeine headache. I'm like, guys, nobody took a Tylenol. If I know I'm not drinking coffee, I'm going to take Tylenol. So I don't get the caffeine headache to give me something else to complain about. Like I'm going <laughs> to do this. Like this was kind of easy, right? I So I had this and every thing, because it wasn't a lot of anything. It was a bar of this and soup of that, but I took the time. I made it. I savored it. I stopped because I was going to do this and it wasn't hard, but it's interesting reading other people's in a support group, reading other people say like, oh my goodness, it's stay busy, stay busy. So I actually weaned off of coffee I now like will have more decaf. I'll sprinkle a little, you know, regular. I mean, I can still drink regular, but it's not my choice anymore. Isn't that amazing? I think as we age, it's really helpful to just take a look at caffeine, sugar, and alcohol. And I'm sure people are like, no, but take a look. That last one is still there for me. I know that last. And again, I drink on the weekends and sure. And when you're in a program, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. No, no, don't want it. Don't need it. Because look at what's happening here. And then, but I'm not ready to make it a lifestyle yet type thing. And there's no judgment. And this is what I keep. I feel like a happy broken record here. But this is what the foundation of clean fasting provides is People come to their own realization and awakening in their own time. And having that quiet and repair time of fasting makes those clear thoughts. There's a reason that in all spiritual, religious, meditative traditions, fasting is part of the refraining from eating because it creates this clarity. And so somebody out there might be like, oh yeah, I had a hunch the drinking coffee all day long. Like I used to be able to do that in my twenties and thirties. I think maybe that's causing my sleep problems or my hormonal imbalance or my sh- anything. So just take a look at women who are having hot flashes. Take a look at caffeine, sugar, and alcohol. And each person comes to these thoughts in their own time. So it's not like anybody should cut all those things out. No, no discover for yourself. And I love that you discovered for yourself that, huh, I actually feel really well when I have the decaf as opposed to the full calf. Yeah, it was fine. And that was easy, very intentional and like, okay, this is what's going to happen in the next five days. And I'm like, well, why would I go back? Why would I add it back to what I was doing. Cause now I'm um, again, let's use all these words allowed. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. And I can still, like I say, I can still have a regular cup of coffee, which I do once a week with my girlfriend and that's fine, but I don't have the headache that, you know, I don't have the anything. That was a very nice surprise that I was not anticipating on. And it's amazing what the body will show you. It is. Most fasters discover that you don't need that afternoon pick-me-up anymore. 
because some people are happy with a 12 or 13 hour fast every day that serves their body and they're in optimal health. Some people discover that 16, eight is a great way to live. Others discover that, wow, I'm not even that hungry. And so that's what I discovered for myself after about two months of intermittent fasting that I just felt so much better with a longer fast and a shorter eating window. And that I'm just more productive in my work and clear and focused when I'm in a fasted state. So whereas most people get this afternoon slump and really need a cup of coffee around two or three in the afternoon, I'm burning fat. I'm burning my own body fat for fuel. I'm like clear running on ketones. And it is a wonderful surprise that most fasters experience that you have such good, even balanced energy that you don't need that afternoon pick-me-up, which is wonderful. (laughs) This is so refreshing. I love this conversation. I know the listeners are going to be like, where can we find her? So let's go there before I forget anything else. Where on the social media meta are we going to find Lori Lewis? Well, I'm mostly old school on my website. (laughs) So my business is fast forward. And uh, the website is fastforwardwellness.com. And you can write me there. And you mentioned that you started January feeling ugh. And that's why now for my fifth year in a row, I'll be leading my holiday program. So I take people through from Halloween candy through New Year's bubbly. And really, people are exhilarated to discover that you can enjoy the holidays, the bubbly, some cookies, like the festive foods that you love in your eating window that you move around. You can go on ski trips. You can have all the things and eating in an eating window and arrive in January, feeling amazing, never having to diet again in January. So you can find me at Fast Forward Wellness. And if you're curious about the holiday program, you can shoot me a message and I'll put you on the waiting list. So I'll tell you something interesting. When I first started intermittent fasting, I started in September. Perfect. Perfect. That was an amazing surprise through where I was at the beginning of the year, not with five extra pounds or I was in such a great spot. And that is optimum timing, by the way. It's just such an incredible way to live. It can be for people to reach their ideal weight or a weight that they're comfortable at. But for many other people, it's turning around type two diabetes or dealing with an autoimmune disease or thyroid dis- malfunction and warding off Alzheimer's and skin issues, digestion issues. My plantar fasciitis disappeared after three to four months. I mean, I didn't start intermittent fasting to have this horrible pain in my whole body go away. The inflammation. Yeah, it's inflammation. So whatever people are dealing with, consider trying out having an eating window. I love it. And don't forget the kindness and grace to give yourself to reconnect and reintroduce yourself to your body as you have so eloquently described. It's the whole thing. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I know this one. I know. Go to the website, joyfoundhere.com. Want to hear it? Want to see all the comments? 
appreciate you guys always listening wherever you listen to your pods, Apple, Spotify. Remember, Spotify, yes, five-star reviews would be wonderfully appreciated. They were late to the party. Everything counts, and it means so much to us. As always, thank you, and until the next time, be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.